Welcome to the Software People Stories. I'm Shiv. I'm Chitra. And I'm Gaiti. We bring you interesting untold stories of people associated with the creation or consumption of software-based solutions. You'll hear stories of what worked and sometimes what didn't. You will also hear very personal experiences and insights that would trigger your thoughts and inspire you to do even greater things. In the second part of this episode with Bharat Kumar, uh, you will hear how uh, Zoho as an organization does not do usual uh, managing cookies and more focuses on um, being an inbound marketing uh, and how he had to change his perspective, creating uh, and inculcating the values of the organization as well as the product and creating those unique value prop and he also shares some of the very cool um, learnings that he has and how as a person he has inculcated and instilled the value of being the brand through his career listen on cool very cool in fact uh, and my next question was around uh, software you have have had two stints i mean currently uh, currently you are head of marketing for um, zoho how has that uh, you know, transition been being Atel is a very, very marketing driven organization while mm-hmm. in software, uh, I don't know if it's the true today is marketing is subtle. Uh, marketing mm-hmm. comes with the thought papers. You actually go to conference and say, say, you know, these are really the, because and by nature services are slightly different compared to the products world. So how has that transition happened and what is happening in terms of, you know, your own learning and the path itself? Yeah. So I will look at this question slightly differently in the sense that I would club sales and marketing. So let's say an Atel, like a place is a very sales and marketing driven company, whereas a place like a Zoho is a very product driven company. Uh, in the sense that if I fine tune that a little more, I think telecom is more a commodity. Uh, you expect the network to provide you a good signal, maybe good rates for the, the pack that you purchase. So then it is more about how you convince the customer, what is the value that you want to communicate, etc. So it is it is more sales and marketing driven. Uh, whereas a product like a Zoho, uh, and I handle uh, I had marketing for a, a few products of Zoho. So we call it a developer suite of products of Zoho, where my primary target audience is developers, IT managers, CAOs, that sort of community, right? There is no way, I think Zoho definitely would not want it to be like a, uh, like a selling something that we don't have. Uh, we believe in authentic marketing. So what it means is marketing will be subtle. Uh, it won't be as, let's say, in the scheme of importance, in, in the way we execute things, it won't be marketing first, unlike an Airtel, where it will be a marketing first, sales first sort of a decisions. Uh, but here it will be product first. Okay, what does my audience want? What is the problem I am solving? And am I building the solution for that is the first step. Then how do I communicate it follows. So in that sense, I understand. I also accept that marketing is more like a secondary player in the whole scheme of things. But it is no less important because like Zoho, there are multiple other organizations, especially with the SaaS boom. There are so many players trying to address the market. Then communicating the values of Zoho. Like let's say a CRM. There are multiple CRM products out there and Zoho CRM is an amazing product. But at a certain point, when you do feature to feature comparison, there will be five other CRMs that are similar to Zoho, better than Zoho, same league as Zoho, etc. Right? Then 
that is where marketing will come in in the sense to say that hey who are you working with it is not just the product we are this sort of individuals this is our philosophy we give back to the society etc etc in an authentic way in the sense that we are not doing it that is the challenge for me as a marketer as well when i want to talk about an initiative that zoho is doing with a philanthropic or a good intent it is not done for marketing purposes but it is it is in a way indication of who we are let's say sridhar says that we won't do layoffs he is not saying that hey, we will not do layoffs to attract customers or to build a brand for zoho he is telling employees like me that hey there is a covid issue but don't worry we will not lay off your we will ensure you are protected that is a culture of the organization my role is to ensure that is communicated in the appropriate way to the audience to the customers as well saying you are purchasing a crm features you have compared this is at that stage by the way you should also look at the values of the organization the the how we treat customers how we treat employees etc and here are what we have done in the past in that sense product leads and marketing follows is how i look at it wow that's i really like the fact that see overt marketing is somewhat easier you say okay uh, but uh, yeah. if you have to be subtle as well as to be subservient to the actual product itself which makes sense but but what happens is when the when the uh, other organizations are not following the same thing how uh, what is a predicament that you give it means that uh, your marketing dollar has to work that much harder uh, that Correct. much um, you have to be exactly. uh, creating that much more efficiency in all of that so how do you kind of contrast that uh, part bharat yeah i think where a player like i'm i'm not just focusing on zoho here but because i'm exposed to that i'm using that as an example again where a player like zoho is able to afford to do this saying that hey let's say there is an abc crm or an abc software player that is spending 60% of their revenue in marketing typically that that is the numbers now like large players are spending somewhere around 50% on marketing while zoho spends much lesser because we spend a lot on uh, on our r&d but uh, when 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 such a uh, uh, situation happens uh let's say i am a startup let's say i am not from zoho and survival is a challenge for me i have to ensure i have to get enough customers i have to push harder etc and if the other financial fundamentals are not working out properly the major parameter that i see as a difference between a player like zoho and others is the factor called time zoho is willing to play the long haul zoho understands that my like they say slowest is the fastest way to grow so i am not rushing to become x million next year x billion next year i'll take my time i will build an array of products i'll become build a bouquet of products and someone comes in will be happy and stay with me and they will continue to give me revenue and organically i will grow so industry now uses this term uh, i'm sure you would have all heard of unicorns which is the valuation unicorns the opposite of that the zerodas and zohos are called camels because they are we are in for the long haul in a setup like this marketing can play this sort of a role where it is more an educational marketing an authentic marketing saying i am not spending the money just to get customers even if they are not relevant to me i am willing to play the long game it will take some time for me to establish that brand uh, it will take some time for me to win uh, like what another uh, let's say a marketing heavy organization is doing but in the long run we will surpass them is the is the objective behind this really um i mean this is one of the things that is the hardest to do in the, because uh, if you are a camel 
it also means that your matrices have to be different and you have to create those you know the i understand the right metrics and everything right but when somebody comes in new it means that you have to relearn unlearn as well as create that and uh, in fact now uh, often uh, we are speaking about when we talk about sustainability creating a better environment everything we call this uh, something called patience capital rather than uh, investment and money right uh, patience yeah. capital seems to become a more of a i'm not saying that it's a buzzword but that's something that is needed for organization to sustain that i mean uh, doing right by my customers um, and uh, how did that in terms of you know the change itself that you've done um, has it changed you as a person what kind of a skilling do you have to do through this uh you know journey yeah yeah so uh let's take one marketing tool as an example email uh generally it is very or like once you sign up you will keep getting emails and uh you will be the as a marketer i'll keep telling you that hey this is the right product buy me buy me etc uh those things it was tough for me to unlearn because zoho is very privacy focused or respecting the audience even email campaigns had to go through a lot of initial approval processing why do you really have to send this email what is the purpose of this email uh, and any let's say outbound marketing as a effort right so was very inbound marketing focused uh, so for me uh, it is it's not right or wrong but i'm used to a very outbound focused approach also where you figure someone out in a linkedin get their contact detail and reach out to them saying hey you are this and we offer this i see a match do you want to talk but zoho doesn't want to do those things uh, like unless a customer really has expressed interest don't bombard them don't trouble them etc uh, i like i said i don't see a right or wrong in this but as an organization we believe in this then it was initially a little uh, uh, different for me to understand these and then come make that as a part of my uh, uh, plans or perspectives <coughs> but one thing is i think the responsibility forced me to adapt faster in the sense that uh, zoho is very uh, it empowers managers it empowers individuals so no two teams work the same uh, if if i refer like if you talk to someone else in zoho maybe they will give a very different point of view about their execution things how they run marketing or how they run their product building approach etc but certain things are fundamental uh, let's say how you treat people or uh, not looking for credentials or this focus on privacy and things like that right so as a manager like currently i'm managing a 2025 plus people team so if i don't soak that culture or absorb that culture i am actually blocking the 25 people also from becoming a part of that zoho culture so in a way it is i have to be responsible and understand that hey first you get to know what is right wrong as per zoho's policies and philosophies and then ensure your team follows it because you have you have that responsibility uh, to percolate that culture to your team as well right so that helped in me understanding and obviously people are very approachable here and uh, at least what i tell my teams also is do mistakes but don't do it twice that's all so in that sense there is a freedom to try things and if something doesn't go wrong or if there is a mistake you correct it and don't repeat it so the, in that sense the learning happens faster you mentioned about uh, having a having a team and guiding them the philosophies of the organization not only uh, absorbing our uh, in a from a self perspective but also creating that um, so coming from in the software side of things right normally you have the team sizes are 
much bigger while uh, marketing by um, in the sense uh, if you are not a marketing driven organization the team sizes are different right so really? across your career uh, has that really changed you as a person i know the impact is more right because moment you are helping zoho set up in one organization and that by the nature of b2b or a b2c the number of impact is much higher but how do you package that to yourself as well as for your team on the impact yeah so <clears throat> i okay uh, i call this sphere of influence uh, it's not a my my personal philosophy it's not on the hierarchy or uh, the number of people reporting etc and it's not just a zoho thing even before zoho so while i was working at ramco uh, i was an individual contributor but the setup was such that uh, let's assume that uh, there is a central marketing team a 25 people team and i am a marketer but i am not in the marketing team so for for ensuring that the marketing efforts are very business focused i was reporting to the head of business so there is a marketing head under him there is a 25 people team and i am an individual contributor in the business head team let's say the uh, head of business for erp who owns the pnl for that function and i have, and there is no marketer in his team so he handles 500 people but i am that only marketer in his team and i have to coordinate with this 25 people say for pr i need to work with the pr person in this marketing team for creative i need to work with the creative person etc etc so in a way i was so there are two ways to get things done right one is through hierarchy and other is through a vision so my role inadvertently became that guiding through a vision saying hey this is my plan this quarter i need to roll these two campaigns i need to do these five events and i need your support can we do this can we do that and there are communication tools and protocols and other things that follow so again in that sense would i value that role or a role in which there are x people uh, reporting etc i would definitely value this role because though there were zero reportees i think i learned more i was able to influence more people i was able to get things done also but why i call that a sphere of influence is that you can be an individual contributor but now there are so many tools out there inside an organization itself where let's say you evaluate something or you share learning or you run a quiz tool for your let's say you are one one individual contributor doing something but for your team of 40 people for let's say your business unit you run a quiz once a month that talks about some of the latest development in your vertical let's say you are a part of insurance division in your uh, organization and you run a simple quiz for folks to understand what are the latest developments in insurance sector this month and so on it is not you are getting respect not because you handle people or anything like that but you are able to think bigger you are you are slightly looking at the problem from a higher point of view and saying okay i am doing this role but in addition i will also do this to help the people in the system right so i think i've at ramco itself that change in thought came to me in the sense that the number of people uh, thing changed uh, here in zoho again the number of people thing impacted me at one point which was when i joined it was like a the role was a 15 people role and some four five opening so like when i joined there were 10 11 people in the team and i was new i joined and then i did a presentation saying this is what we will do and etc etc and then in two months four people quit so people were like maybe they were scared of me <laughs> or they were waiting for an opportunity but that was like okay <laughs> we did all the plans and presentations and then there was a churn of like so many people leaving so from a 10 people it became a five people team etc so that was the only time i was like oh okay so many people leaving and all that and you will have your own self doubt and all that right am i doing the things the right way etc and then 
fortunately i have a very supportive uh, head of business uh, so he had the conversation saying uh, look at the larger picture and go uh, continue your work etc etc uh, after that the numbers have changed like i was handling one product now i handle around six products uh that one product grew from 10 people to 20 people then all the other products put together now i handle a team of 50 people but i am not that number doesn't matter honestly i'm not saying this because of a conversation but generally that number doesn't matter because in the 50 there are 20 people who don't need me at all they just want a direction and then they continue with executing things i am just there to support whenever required there are those 10 people who i think i am influencing i am giving them some direction i am telling them hey this is the right way to send an email this is the right way to do a follow up to a senior person etc etc which shapes how they are going to grow so as long as that is happening i think the numbers uh, do not matter as a leader what i i tell the team is there are three major things that i do for the teams one is setting a common vision direction saying this is what we are going for this is how we are going to run things second some support when they fail they should not be afraid of what i will tell first they should be honest or comfortable saying okay this failure happened let us go and tell bharat and figure out how to solve this problem uh, you know they should feel like okay this person will support me that support is what i should give third very simple is consistency uh, if they know that this is what their team expects or let's say for lack of better word this is what the leader expects from our, from us uh, something let's say let's say work from home which is a very tricky thing right there is no right or wrong answer uh, for my team i have decided we will have a hybrid model 3 days in office 2 days at home and i have to be consistent about it when suddenly one day i like let's say my team works monday to wednesday in office and thursday friday at home suddenly on a thursday i set up a meeting and tell them to come to office or i ask someone hey why are you not in office today they will get confused they'll be okay with the manager who says come to office all five days they'll be okay with the leader who says you don't have to come to office at all but when someone is inconsistent like you you say this today and say something else to, tomorrow you say when you come and when you go doesn't matter as long as work gets done but then suddenly you ask why are you late that is where people get confused so i like i'll be consistent you know this is what is expected this is the ground rules so in those sense i think those are the learnings that i have had uh, because when that initial leaving of people happened i i thought okay how should i handle this now and it was very easy for me to decide i decided i will handle people the way i wish i were handled in that phase so very simple set those expectations be consistent give them a vision and support them whenever they fail is is how i am going about it very very nicely put bharat i like this you know three point uh, thing because uh, often right the organization is a long shadow of the leader and while it looks very nice and dandy to on the paper but that's really what it is right in terms of and we call this code of conduct um, we have this code of conduct as an organization but code of conduct as a team having that working agreement having you know what is expected out of you it's very clear because um even a 2 year old child wants to be treated uh, with all the respect with all the clear clarification and say okay this is what is expected out of you so th- then pro- as professionals that's what sometimes we also have to hold ourselves back saying even if the even if how much of a stress is there on us uh, we have no job yeah just share it with um, the rest of the people right very ni- nicely put bharat i know we are yeah. off time so yeah go ahead go ahead uh, respect 
and also uh, with time what i have learned is people also want to be led uh, in the right sense people also want someone who they can look up to learn from and also give them the right direction so sometimes it has to be done with respect there is no two thoughts about it but uh, it is not it is not very commonly accepted or you don't come come across people saying that hey i want to be led uh but actually that is also the case people also are like okay i know i am a two year experienced person these are the strengths that i bring in but i also want to grow for which i want someone to give me the direction i want someone to lead me so that makes it easier that uh, itself right uh, many of these i mean i know the previous generation of uh, so when it was all about what is the number of people what is a you know uh, what is a our, our revenue that you are generating and all of that now i think you you use the term sphere of influence how many are you influencing what is it what does it take that uh, make you make that uh, world a better place or a person better than what they were yeah. right those are really things that help us to define ourselves also right Uh, that actually happened during one of the farewells at Ramco. So uh, Ramco had three business units. So I was a part of logistics, asset management, and uh, ERP, uh, financials and core ERP business unit. There was an aviation business unit, and there is a HR payroll business unit. So the HR payroll business unit head moved out of Ramco uh, after a few years. His name was Ranjan. So during his farewell, is when I thought I was. certainly is farewell so there is no link between him and me he is a separately very different business head uh, obviously leadership role but uh, when i was attending his farewell is what i realized there a lot of things that he has influenced me because he sets that expectation for his team and i am like okay i should also do this for my team or in my business unit or in in the logistics function etc there is no hierarchy there is no he didn't have a conversation with me saying marketing should do this we should execute this event etc but when hr unit does that and i am a peer my peer in hr unit does that and i learn from it and i tell my business head that oh we should also do this etc right that is one i thought this the sphere of influence he didn't do it because of hierarchy etc but his execution his vision inspired many to follow him so i think that that is the stage that we are all in now yeah um and it's also without boundaries earlier we used to say that you know are you inspiring within this realm or uh, within this uh, particular your team or it's no longer right um, if you how you are conducting in the social media to your you know interaction right. your conferences all of that is being watched and many times i've heard people be um, i mean talking about having an admiration of it which you have no idea and you you wouldn't even have thought of yeah. So, but that yeah, code of yeah. conduct, or this is what my values are, and this is what I think that makes perfect sense. But fortunately, people like Steeder, uh, in the organization, at least internally, he is not putting rules. But he again, he conducts an open house to employees every week. Uh, one, it actually signals that okay, concerns are getting addressed, or he is sharing his vision, etc. But second, it is also a subtle signal to a, a small manager like me. that hey if the ceo is so open and is willing to take questions every week you cannot say i am not open to my team that is a subtle signal to all the hundreds of managers there saying okay this is the culture that i want to have in the organization so that helps wonderful varun so i i, I think uh, i am amazed at your journey and uh, i i really hope our listeners are taking really notes on how they can conduct themselves um any uh, advice that you want to share as a uh, with our uh, listeners from your own journey your own path that you have taken the ups and downs that you've gone through 
Uh, yeah, I think uh, if if you are a youngster listening to this, let's say starting your career one year, two year, I, I know that you have a good following and a lot of software professionals listen to your sessions. Uh, and if there is an youngster, like say one, two year experience person who is starting and someone at that stage, like I was also looking at money uh, and it's a very, very sensitive topic. But one simple suggestion or thought for you to think about from my side is uh, please look at money as a uh, lagging indicator and not as a leading indicator. Uh, when when the quality of your work is done well, the money will follow. Uh, so I, I know it's a very vague thing or a very weird thing, but at that point in my career, I also didn't have the clarity. So if you build your capabilities, are you the best developer in your friend's network? Are you the best developer in your team? Are you the best developer in your organization? Are you the best developer that you know of? When the boundaries or when the definitions keep growing and growing, naturally the salary and other things, the money you make, everything also will, will continue to grow. So look at money as a lagging indicator. Uh, from a general, what I have learned also, uh, at least, uh, work will always have components that you want to do and components that the organization wants you to do. You may not like it, but you have to do. That percentage will vary based on your role, etc. But uh, we have to do both is something that I also learned. Like even let's say my head of business, he handles multiple products, he handles thousand plus people, etc. But there could be that one customer escalation or one irritated partner, something went wrong. He wants to have that conversation. It, it may not be very productive also, but he wants to, that partner may want, I want to talk only to the head of business. It is such a, I am upset so much that I don't want to talk to anyone else. I want to directly talk to him, etc. And I've seen him go on a call, patiently explain, tell him what happened and then give that confidence. It may not be something that he really wants to do. I know he's sincere and he will do it, but his time is well spent on maybe something else more productive. But I've realized that irrespective of the role that you are in, uh, there will be components that you have to do because the organization wants you to do it and things that you really enjoy doing. Uh, but you should, as an employee, I think we should look at both equally and see that, okay, I should finish or commit to both of them. Very well put, Parak. I think that's something that uh, um, uh, the current generation also does that because for us, um, in the previous generation, we were like, okay, this is what my role is. I better do it the best way I can. But uh, right. I think now that I, I'm seeing a lot of uh, young, younger generation saying that, okay, this person said this um, during one conversation and because of that, I'm no longer happy about yeah. it. I think that sort of, a, um, it comes as a package rather than uh, thinking of it as an isolation. Very well put, Tabarat. Yeah, and a lot of it stems from comparison also. Uh, again, that is, this could be Gyan, I'm sorry about it, but... Uh, those are things that I've learned in the journey. So there is this person, Naval Ravikant, that I follow. I'm, I'm sure uh, many of us do. Yeah, yeah. I, I also do that. <laughs> yeah. So he puts that comparison point very nicely. He says, if I am comparing myself with Gayatri and say, oh, Gayatri is hosting this amazing podcast. I wish I do it. It shouldn't just be that one aspect of comparison. I should be willing to trade life with Gayatri. She is putting this effort to do this on a Sunday. She is doing it regularly every Sunday. She's planning her personal life in such a way that she allocates time for this every, every let's say, whatever frequency that you do. I should look at all of it and compare. I can't say that I will sleep in the morning on Sunday, just that the podcast I need to host like Gayatri. I should be willing to trade everything in my life with Gayatri. You know, that, that, that was a very nice perspective for me. Because we eventually look at, oh, this person is earning more or etc, etc. The easiest thing that meets the eye is what we compare with. But you should compare everything and be willing to trade life with the other person. Then you can compare. 
wow <laughs> i love it <laughs> trading the person's life and now uh, novel uh, actually talks it as a novelism and i also read his book yeah. and it is amazing in terms of you know yeah. uh, life simple thing so i think we should have one episode only talk about novel <laughs> yeah 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 thank you so much for your time i i think you mentioned about sunday i want to thank you for your time um you know on a sunday thank you so much for your time i really really, really appreciate it bharat yeah i i also had a good time with it it was like me looking back at the journey that i have traveled so i enjoyed this conversation and you are a very kind host there was no uh, pressure or there was no guidance saying do this don't do this you are you just allowed me to be so thank you for that as well thank you and all the very best to scale more heights varat thank you have a nice day thank you so We thank Siddharth for the music and Anita for promoting the software people stories. If you like this episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast client and spread the word in your network. If you'd like to share your story, contact us at podcast@pm-powerconsulting.com.